Our virtual 2022 National Us Against Alzheimer's Summit brings together leaders from across the country working to end Alzheimer's disease. The summit explores solutions to the most pressing challenges facing the movement, also serving as an opportunity for thought leadership and partnership development. For more information about the Us Against Alzheimer's Summit, go to usa2summit.org. Welcome to Brainstorm by Us Against Alzheimer's, a patient-centered nonprofit organization. Your host, Meryl Comer, is a co-founder, 24-year caregiver, an Emmy Award-winning journalist, and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Slow Dancing with a Stranger. This is Brainstorm, and I'm Meryl Comer. Our guest today, Dean and Aisha Sharzai, co-directors at the Brain Health and Alzheimer's Prevention Program, at Loma Linda University Medical Center. Previously, we discussed their early findings on brain-healthy living to improve cognitive function and long-term brain health. Today, we look at Team Sherzai's partnership with USA2's Brain Health Academy, designed to educate the medical community on what matters most to those at risk and those living with Alzheimer's disease. Aisha, is personalized nutritional counseling a requirement to improve one's odds in slowing or reversing Alzheimer's disease? It's not a requirement per se. It's great to have it. I think more than the personalized precision programs that you're referring to, and I think that's going to be the future, especially with technology advancing in this field. I think the most important factor that we've seen its impact is having a supportive community. Our research has shifted from being in a lab or in an imaging department to community-based participatory research because of that very reason. As behavioral neurologist, Dean always tries to see how we can slowly and gradually introduce the concept of change and how that change can be maintained in a way where individuals are not stressed, that they don't have to spend extra money or extra time making things happen. And this social engineering is a very important and a needed concept that has been introduced in brain health. That's beautifully stated. As far as some basic changes, these numbers just blow my mind. So if people add two servings of greens, okay, that's not precision medicine. That's just two servings of greens a day. They improve their life and quality and cognition by 11 years. Two servings of greens. And add to that reducing saturated fat and reducing processed foods. That's remarkable. Adding a brisk morning walk, 25 minutes of brisk morning walk. That reduces your risk by 40% plus. We're talking about just a brisk walk, but in a consistent, regular basis. And brisk being the operative term. So although it might seem like it's daunting, the optimal might be daunting for some, but just starting with those two, three basic stuff, you've already made massive changes in your life. And one of the things that I'm very passionate about is cooking. When I was training as a fellow at Columbia University, I'd be in the ICU in the mornings in my scrubs. And at night, I would go down to a culinary school to learn how to cook because I found myself talking more about delicious recipes in my clinic more than anything else. So helping people understand the concept very well, giving them the resources, whether it's a few recipes or just the basics of what healthy eating is like, makes a huge difference. And we've seen the results and it's wonderful. Your laboratory is the Loma Linda community in which you live and work. 
How did the pandemic disrupt your research and how did you adjust? We went online. We were a little different than most scientists. We do the geeky work in the lab as well, but we're also somewhat social, as you can see. And so we went online and we were already quite present online and having a closed community where we would actually teach the community online and gather information securely, HIPAA compliant and doing all of that online just forced us, but actually opened up an amazingly remarkable opportunity. So in one gathering, for example, we had 15,000 people going through our program for several months. And with detail, and then they started supporting each other. And then, of course, we're there every week giving them guidance and information, science-based information. In a way, it helped us. Of course, it had its downsides. The pandemic allowed us to connect to people that didn't have some resources to physically come visit us or be in a particular community. So there were some positives to it as well. And we are continuing to maintain that online environment where people can be with each other. And it's just a wonderful supportive community. You're partnering with the Brain Health Academy that offers free evidence-based courses designed to equip the health community and providers with knowledge and resources to reduce the risk of dementia. Is the medical community up to speed on the role of nutrition and the work that you've been doing? They have recently, yes, and it's wonderful to see that change. There was a time where basic things such as, you know, the impact of lifestyle on brain health was controversial issue. And I recall when we first wrote our book, The Alzheimer's Solution, and presented our research, there was quite a lot of resistance from larger organizations such as the UK's Alzheimer's Society. But then a couple of years later, when it became more of a regular conversation, they were quite open to it. And I'm so happy that more and more data, both by Dean and I, the publications that we've written and others have noted the importance of lifestyle intervention for Alzheimer's disease. So it's becoming more and more accepted. However, it is not a routine task for physicians and healthcare providers to talk about it with every individual, not necessarily just individuals who are suffering from a dementia and cognitive impairment, but for people who are at risk for it. It is not as of yet considered as a conversation for prevention in, say, for example, primary care physicians' clinics. But the remarkable thing is organizations like yours, which is Us Against Alzheimer's and ACLM, American College of Lifestyle Medicine, American College of Lifestyle Medicine's focus on prevention has been powerful. And it's probably one of the fastest growing organizations focusing on this concept of prevention. We're very optimistic that when there is enough people, enough organizations speaking about this, that will change the whole perspective. I agree. And as, as a matter of fact, American College of Lifestyle Medicine is creating groups among you know, medical students and even people who are you know, a step before entering into the healthcare realm to have the understanding that it's not just treatment, it's prevention and treatment that we're providing for individuals. One of the challenges for doctors is that people at high risk for Alzheimer's also have other medical issues that demand immediate attention. Does the conversation on prevention get lost? That is definitely a challenge. Part of that is because we are just beginning to dive into the prevention world in many ways. But there's a a lot of crossover between diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. It's nutrition, it's exercise, it's stress management, it's sleep. The one element that we think is extremely important that the others don't have is the mental activity and social activity component, which the cognitive diseases, especially Alzheimer's, focus on. 
And by just adding that component, I think we will do so much better when it comes to these diseases. We're learning. We're all learning. You guys are doing amazing work. We're partners with you guys. And I think in the next five years, we won't even recognize the landscape, hopefully. Do you have an explanation on why the brain got disconnected from the rest of the body in medical training when, in fact, it drives everything that happens in the body? It's complex. Complexity scares everybody. And we search for simplicity. In fact, our behaviors are based on simplicity pathway seeking. That's where habits come. Some people say that 40% of our behaviors are habits. No, I say 99% of our behaviors are habits. Even our emotions, our thoughts, our beliefs in politics and everything else is habits, which means low energy, repetitive pathways, because the brain likes to spend less energy to survive, right? And anything that's complex scares us. The brain is incredibly complex. So we stayed away from it. In medical school up to recently, anatomy, we looked at the bodies, every body part would be tagged, but the brain would be thrown away. Wait a second, that's who this person was. So we're beginning to learn about the brain, the complexity of it, welcoming it. That's why one of the most popular topics on podcasts, we're proud to say our podcast did very well for the very concept that that complexity is beauty. That complexity of the brain, even when we don't know how the neuronal function of art is, right? How do we understand art? How do we understand poetry? But that's that's beautiful. And we're beginning to learn more and more about it. But we also now have learned that as complex as the brain is, when you look at its theology, it's just like any other organ. It has the same kind of arteries. It probably is complex in terms of needing more energy, needing more care. but the same arteries that are in our heart, in our kidney, in our gut system is in the brain as well. So everything we do, every meal we choose, every environment we choose to be in, or the kind of people that we surround ourselves affects our brain first, and then the rest of the body. You're such a charismatic couple. What is Team Sherzai's research vision over the next five to 10 years? The big one is greater awareness about brain diseases and prevention of brain diseases. One. The second one, which is aligned with that, is a cleaner pathway to true science being dispersed to the population. Right now on the internet, the information that's being dispersed is so wide that they're on the opposite end of the spectrum. One person says, eat a lot of fat, and another person says, just eat greens. That would be us. There's all kinds of information there, and the population gets lost in that journey. So a good way of dispersing meaningful, realistic, scientific information would be wonderful. I'm hoping by 2030, we will have better ways to do that. Our guests today have been Drs. Dean and Aisha Sharzai, co-directors of the Brain Health and Alzheimer's Prevention Program at Loma Linda University Medical Center. USA2's Brain Health Academy course on nutrition and dementia is available on demand at brainhealthacademy at usagainstalzheimers.org. That's it for this edition. I'm Errol Comer. Thank you for brainstorming with us. Us Against Alzheimer's is partnering with the American Academy of Lifestyle Medicine to create Brain Health Academy, a series of free evidence-based courses to equip healthcare and wellness providers with the knowledge and resources to help people reduce the risk of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. To learn more, go to usagainstalzheimers.org and click on Brain Health Academy. 
Support for Brainstorm by Us Against Alzheimer's comes from Karen and Chris Siegel. Subscribe to Brainstorm through your favorite podcast platform and join us for new episodes on the first and third Tuesday of every month.